0: So this week, Tesla announced it purchased $1.5 billion of the cryptocurrency Bitcoin. The company even hinted that customers may soon have the option to pay for their cars using Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. Welcome to 2021 where nothing makes sense anymore. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow, and on this episode of Jason Squared, the other Jason is going to try to explain crypto and blockchain to me as well as our listeners and viewers. Perlo, all I have to say for this episode is good luck, man.
1: Yeah, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're two new nerds talking tech for a good reason, but this is uh way into the, the, the deep nerd zone. So yeah, um, you get
0: a giant rabbit hole and just jump down into it, and that's where we're at with this one. That's
1: yeah. So uh, you know, <laughs> Jason, cryptocurrency and blockchain, they're related technologies. Right. that are often confused with each other, and they're really difficult concepts to understand. So i got to try to do my best. I'm not an expert at either of these things. Um, I can tell you this, I don't own any cryptocurrency, and I don't directly utilize any systems to my knowledge that use blockchain. But that doesn't mean I might not do so in the future. Right. What about you?
0: So I've dabbled. I shouldn't act like I know nothing about crypto and blockchain. I... I've, like I said, I've dabbled a bit. I bought some Bitcoin years ago. I think when it first spiked mm. to eighteen thousand from like six thousand, you know, when it had its first big push and hit five digits or whatever it was. I put a hundred dollars in. It dipped back down. I got scared. I took my money out. Uh, yeah. I should have left it in. I mean, it was only a hundred bucks. It's not like I'm a big time right. investor or anything. Uh, a few weeks ago, when Dogecoin started taking off, I logged into Robinhood during the whole GameStonk thing. Yeah. We found $20 I had in my account from 2015. So I put it in Dogecoin. I think I'm sitting at around $36, $37. I checked it this morning after Musk's, Elon Musk's latest tweet because <laughs> he keeps yeah. pumping it. And, uh, you know, as you can tell, I am a very, very aggressive investor with these large amounts of money I'm putting into it. But uh, my only other experience after that, I'm not really a large investor, by the way, Um, my only experience after that is I started messing around with mining over the weekend, literally just in the last couple of days, mostly out of curiosity. I've had friends telling me for years to do it. It's profitable. You can make money. And so I've been mining Ethereum. I think that's how you say it uh, for the last couple of days. And I've made... I don't know, $12 is what the payout is. in All right, but all, all right, all right. But over a month, over the course of the year, that's a few thousand dollars that you don't have to do anything for except for cover the cost of electricity. So, you know, right. I, I'm good with that. So while I have a basic understanding of crypto and a little, like very small amounts of money involved in it, what I really want to know and learn about is, you know, the various use cases for the digital currency, but also more importantly about blockchain and what kind of impact it'll have on businesses, enterprise, our day-to-day sure. lives, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So, Jason, before we go into like what cryptocurrency is and all that stuff, what the technology behind Bitcoin is, we should really explain what blockchain is, right? Because yeah. it's, it's the foundational technology used by you know, various uh, cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin and Dogecoin and Ethereum, right? So, in, in its simplest form, Okay, a blockchain is a database, right? Now, yeah. with a traditional database, information is stored in, in fields, with rows and columns, and, and they're indexed, you know, for fast retrieval. And we know that these fields can be things like, you know, name, address, phone number, you know, and, and it may be pointers to things like multimedia files, like, you know, video files or, or images or, or, or audio, right? You know, we interact with Apple Music, we interact with with, with Netflix. Those are all used databases that point to those types of of, of, of what we call the blob data structures now yeah makes sense uh, yeah now so so fields in a traditional database right are, can be updated when they're changed so when you use stuff like facebook and instagram and you change a post or put in like new tags for something or mark the location you're or you're applying to someone's comment on a post you're interacting with the traditional database whether whether you know it or not right but with blockchain okay, the data is organized in a completely different way, okay? So data is collected what they call blocks, and they're really just groups of information. So any any information that follows the first block, right, is compiled into a newly formed block, and then they get added to that chain, right? So that information is sequential and continues to build on each other, right, as, as new information is added to that chain. Now, sure. the most important concept behind this is that it creates a completely irreversible timeline of this information when this database is decentralized across, you know, thousands and thousands of computers. Every single block of data is fingerprinted with this timeline. It cannot be changed. So it's got an exact timestamp of when it's added to that timeline, right? So Yeah, it makes sense. Mo- right. So most blockchain systems, okay? are organized in a decentralized fashion so that's to say that the computers that process these transactions are distributed all around the world right so which is in the case,
0: kind of in i know this is sidelining you here yeah but that's yeah, when yeah. people are mining crypto that you're right. That's what they're doing. It's a decentralized, they're, they're adding to the blockchain, verifying stuff on the blockchain, but it's computers all over the globe. It's some people rent out server farms. So it's decentralized. That's a main takeaway here. It's not in one location. It's all over.
1: Right. So right. in the case of something like, you know, a cryptocurrency, a transaction's entered at a client computer, right? Yep. Uh, from someone that's connected to that blockchain. Then that, that, that transaction's transmitted over to the network of all these peer to peer connected systems which are known as nodes right and all these nodes then collectively solve a series of equations right to validate mm-hmm. that transaction and that's where the crypto aspect it's, it's 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 cryptography it's encrypted it's it's this it's an algorithm that's being played out across all these systems and they suddenly when they all agree to each other then that block is then is is then compiled and added right now a, a blockchain can have as a few as a few dozen of nodes on a network to as much as you know ten thousand nodes, or potentially more, which is something like you know Bitcoin has like ten thousand nodes on its network, right? Um, it, once that transaction is you know confirmed to be legitimate, right? You cluster those blocks. Now, once the blocks are created, they're chained together with the history of all the other transactions on that chain, and that and that transaction is complete. Uh, you know, so like something like Bitcoin, it might take you know twelve minutes. For a new block to get added to the blockchain, or a, a new Bitcoin to be added to the chain, every ten minutes, right? So typically, you know, people have fractions of of of, trend of Bitcoin's in, in terms of how they value yeah. something. So yeah, so
0: yeah, and we're talking like fine decimal, like dozen <laughs> zeros like like oh oh like, like, oh
1: oh point seven three six units of block, or even train. more than uh, that. Uh, like the stuff I'm getting yeah. for
0: for mining Ethereum is, I think, where I'm like ten. Ten spots yeah. deep or something yeah. like that after the decimal point. So, blockchain is a database that's decentralized. Where in crypto blocks are added and it's timestamped and it can't be, um, it can't be messed with, right? But how right. how does how does this come into play for someone who's like tracking inventory or so someone running a business?
1: So obviously, you know, this has applications in many different industries besides crypto. Um, you know, companies like IBM. All right, they're already using this technology to perform supply chain tracing of stuff like seafood. So I'll give you an example, a real world example, right? Okay. So yeah. using using a blockchain-based database, you got a, a scallop, scallop fisherman out in New England, right? You know, he's got his <laughs> yeah, okay. he's got his he's got his hauler trawler with the nets, right? And he's out on the coast of Cape Cod, right? And he 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 casts his net and he brings in a whole mess of. Uh, of scallops right now the location of where that net was cast and, and the scallops were caught is is recorded on that initial transaction then he records what kind of scallop it is with a grading process a small medium large is a jumbo whatever he takes photograph and video of what he's doing he puts the, the, the thing that the scallop in an ice box okay the, the the box of those things is gets brought ashore to a port they process it and, and package it they ship it out to a distributor where there's a refrigerated warehouse. And maybe the box of those scallops get loaded on the trucks. They get sent to your supermarket uh, or the chain distribution center. And then it gets trucked, trucked out. And the guy in your supermarket takes the scallops out of the crate and puts it up for sale. Or maybe these, these scallops go to your uh, food distributor. It goes to your local seafood restaurant and he cooks it for you and you eat it, right? Now, yeah. if anything goes wrong with that scallop, or even you as a consumer want to know where it came from, that bag from that box that you bought it on has a serial number and it can be traced all the way back to that moment in the water where that guy pulls it out of the water in Cape Cod, okay? So IBM built the system specifically for tracking this and, and for doing and for doing this, right? Um, and companies like Walmart are using it for stuff like produce tracking, right? So they built one for leafy greens for lettuces and spinach, right? Now you're wondering why the hell do you need this for, le- for leafy greens and lettuce and spinach? Well, in the last 10 years, we've been seeing these kind of vegetables become contaminated with yeah. E. coli and other pathogens. So they want to be able to know where this bag of green stuff you bought comes from and which field and from which farm in California, you know, et cetera. They want to be able to do a very quick traceability on that stuff. So, so it, when it's, you...
0: yeah. it, it's a more efficient way of tracking it than instead of the the, the scout fishermen entering it in an Excel spreadsheet and that data having to get transmitted somewhere else. Everything that goes in in this example onto the same blockchain and is quicker to reference. Is that in my understanding? It's quicker that? to
1: reference, but it's authentic because of the time stamping and the fact that it's indelible that It can't be changed, right? So it's it, right they're, okay. they're, they're non the non changeable records and they're 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 true because of the way of, of the system's architecture, the system timestamps it so that it, it can't be. And it's be altered, been verified
0: right? and, and yeah, you can't alter it. Okay, that makes right. sense.
1: So so they're already talking about using this, right, for COVID nineteen vaccine passports. Right? Okay. So so just like with the scallops in New England, you have a vaccine. It's manufactured at a pharmaceutical plant. The specific manufacturing run is recorded as a batch of of of, 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 of you know what you, you you made you know hundred gallons of, of this stuff that's the batch right that batch is dispensed into vials right each vial has a serial number it goes in a box has a lot number with other vials in it the box has gone onto the truck go to, to maybe it goes to a pharmaceutical distributor maybe it's shipped to a hospital network maybe it's shipped to your your uh, your your, um, your your pharmacy your, your local Walgreens or something or a CVS um, the person at the hospital the CVS, opens the boxes up uh, opens the vial distributed individual doses into patients, right? Now that yeah. dose, which is time-stamped, right? That can be recorded into that patient's record. What, what, which vaccine they got, when and where, you would want this kind of traceability with, with stuff like pharmaceuticals, medications, you get at the drugstore as well, just the regular stuff that you buy, also they're looking at. And, you know, that record cannot be altered because of the encrypted transactional nature of how blockchain actually works, right? And yeah. there's other industries that they want to do this for, insurance, mortgages, and things like banking, where you need to have that end-to-end record of something, and then multiple parties are, are involved. Now, e- even stuff like voting systems. So when blockchains are used in this sort of establishment of trust, right, multi-party trust type of, of transaction, uh, where more than one party may have to authenticate that block before something else can happen next in the workflow, these are referred to as smart ledgers, or they call them also distributed ledgers. And there's several highly regulated industries that are already looking into blockchain for this sort of application.
0: Yeah, okay. So this all, this all makes sense now, at least a lot more sense than it did before we started doing this. Uh, right. you know, so each block is a transaction. It can't be altered uh, once it's on the chain. And it makes it easier to trace stuff. But what, is, what does this have to do with crypto and Bitcoin and, and you know, all the other hot commodities there are right, right. now?
1: Right. So so cryptocurrencies obviously use blockchain, you know, to establish that indelible record that each unit of currency exists, that they're unique, and they cannot be altered after they're created, right? You know, I mean, we have to think of of money almost as like a physical object, a physical coin, right? I mean, you don't want to change a coin after it's been minted, right? Then it wouldn't be money, right? So... I'm not an expert on monetary systems. I don't even want to pretend to be one on TV, right? But for <laughs> right. the balance for the balance of human history, right, money has been an abstract concept. It's something that's exchanged for, for goods and services, right? Now, uh-huh. typically money has a value, right because it's backed by something of value and the overall demand for that thing. right? So for example, a country's output in goods and services is traded with the goods and services of other countries, right? And you know, and then you have, have a deficit or, or, or a surplus in that case. So what you trade versus what, 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 you, what you pull in, right? So the monetary value of, say, also what someone does for a living is also valued against what someone else does based on demand and scarcity, right? So a ditch digger sure. is going to get paid less than a doctor because of the value of the education the doctor achieved and invested in. You know, a, a one kilogram lobster is going to cost more than a kilogram of rice, because of the level of effort and the resources it took to produce and harvest those two different things on a relative basis, right? Right. Now that all sounds extremely existential, and it becomes a very deep conversation when you start <laughs> to explore, you know, monetary systems and capitalist theory and stuff like. That. Look, I was an econ minor in college. Yeah, you could spend a whole lifetime, you know, discussing what is money and 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 and, and, and you know and all that. But, <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. There's there's some conversations to be had there.
1: Right. But crypto, right, cryptocurrency as it exists today, it's valued on something completely different, right, which is the computational power of the network that produces it, right? Now, this concept we discussed before is known as mining, right? So mining is, it's achieved by running a special program on your computer. It runs through a series of complex equations until that result, right, yields a block that's recorded as a fractional unit of, of cryptocurrency, Right. So it, it it's crazy, right? So so there, there's some gotchas here, right? So people have a lot of computational resources. They can potentially and disproportionately mine an awful lot of cryptocurrency, and they can yeah. disproportionately become the largest players, the biggest fish in the pond, right? On a cryptocurrency network, and they can potentially control it for a short period of time. Uh they can prevent new transactions from getting confirmations which in turn halts payments between some or all the users. They might also be able to reverse transactions that were completed while they were in control of these networks, meaning they could double spend the coins. Now, fortunately, there are controls built into these networks that prevent these types of attacks from being permanent types of attacks, right? And no one could p- potentially permanently control a cryptocurrency system. They call these 51% attacks, right? Now this yep, just happens 51%. when you have a, ma- a malicious actor that has a large amount of computational power, right? that could potentially temporarily control a cryptocurrency network. Now, we've seen clusters of huge mining farms, right, that are built in different parts of the world where large numbers of bad guys reside. China, North Korea, Russia, Eastern Europe, places like that. Now, normally you're going to need a pretty decent rig to run a mining node, right, dedicated to the production sure. of cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the guys who do this professionally, these are powerful workstation grade PCs with powerful GPU cards right and and they're being used for accelerating the compute process but but we but we've also seen right and this is where we get to the dark side of stuff but we've also seen these minder programs they're being used as secondary malware payloads right so your computer yeah,
0: I've heard about this it's crazy c-
1: could end up running one in the background as a virus and you might not even know it now your mom's you know uh, you know $500 PC she bought at Costco it, it may not be a $4,000 gaming workstation that can chew out bitcoins or ethereum at a, at a serious clip but if you infect 10,000 of those mom PCs right you can get some serious coins generated sure. so that's why cryptocurrency has this cd element associated with it you know not to mention that it's become tender for selling stuff like drugs Weapons and who yeah. knows what, because yeah. it's a totally anonymous. It's a totally anonymous way of exchanging something that has some intrinsic value. So now, naturally, it takes a lot of power to run a workstation like this, and power requires fuel. Okay, <laughs> right. the, the world is still mostly reliant on fossil fuel power generation, so it's not a particularly green way of creating things of value. Which brings no. us to. Tesla and Elon Musk. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep.
0: Yeah. So about the CD element comment. Yeah. I was showing my wife last night, you know, what the projected revenue is for these two rigs I have set up over the last couple of days, you know, going out over, over a year. And she looked at me and it was like, this feels very illegal. <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's completely legal, but it it's just the concept of turning on a computer loading the program onto it and letting it just run at full blast on the GPU 24 hours a day. And then having money at the end of the day for that, it, it feels very, very, you know, sketchy to say the least. But yeah. the thing I'm trying to wrap my head around is Tesla buying $1.5 billion worth yes. of Bitcoin. That is right. it's, I think it's the largest transaction ever for Bitcoin, I believe. Um, mm-hmm you'll have to double check me on that. But it, it the fact that Tesla now owns and is a major stakeholder in Bitcoin as far as, you know, a single entity owning Bitcoin is, is I can't wrap yeah. my head around it, to be honest with you. And the fact that Elon Musk said that eventually people will be able to buy their Tesla directly with Bitcoin. yeah, It just, I have so many questions. Like, okay, if it's a direct Bitcoin to Bitcoin transaction, there's no taxes involved. How how does the government keep tabs? Governments are going to want their share, right? Whether yeah. it's the U.S. or it's Europe or wherever, the government's going to want the share of that transaction. How how is all of this going to work with a decentralized crypto? You know, I I don't know, man. And and to your point, mining is not a green no um, a, a green hobby whether it's a hobby or, or it's what you do for a living, that you use a ton of electricity on the very high-end mining rigs, yeah. the, the AC, I mean, basic it's, setups. It's,
1: I, I'm wondering if Elon's going to take some of those Tesla solar panels and buy a giant you know, field in Arizona uh, in a desert and and start making right. crypto f- uh, places, you know, you know <laughs> <Yeah, 10, laughs> 100,000 100, acres of, of Tesla panels just chewing out, you know, uh, Bitcoins. Um or, you know, or, or, you know, or we could see nation states, you know, I mean, look, we got we have, you know, agencies like NSA with massive amount of supercomputing capability. We don't know sure. what the nation states are doing as far as running nodes. We don't know where these nodes necessarily who they're owned by. That's the thing. They're completely anonymized, right? Um, I could certainly understand, you know, why Elon Musk wants to invest in cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, and you know, Dogecoin um, as a company. Tesla is only currently profitable, okay, because a large portion of its income comes from the sale of what they call green energy credits. Now, if Tesla's income was solely based on the production of cars and solar panels, the company would be posting hundreds of millions of dollars in losses a year,
0: right? These credits are saving them. Yeah,
1: so Tesla is able to sell these credits, right, because in 13 states, okay, any auto manufacturer that wants to sell their car into that state you know whether it's a GM or it's a Volkswagen or, or whoever that that car company must also sell a certain amount of electric or or zero emission vehicles zevs right yep if you if you sell enough electric cars you're going to get a credit with that state and that credit has a certain monetary value but if that automaker doesn't sell zevs or doesn't sell enough of them right if they have a deficit in terms of these carbon credits, then it's going to buy them from someone that has that credit, right? Um, Tesla sells a lot of electric cars. In fact, it only sells electric cars, right? So it has a surplus of credits. Now, it has no reason to keep those credits. It could sell them to other automakers. Now, these credits expire. So it's in their best interest to get rid of them, right? Now, Tesla... In the, in the second quarter of 2020 alone, it made $428 million, right? Beating their first quarter sales of $354 million. So it is making a lot of money Yeah, on carbon that's credits. That's
0: just free money at that point for them, right? Because they've already sold the cars. They've already. That's just, it's free money. Those credits are going to go to waste if they leave them it, alone, right? And it, so. it's,
1: it's the government giving them a break. Now, yeah this situation with there being a deficit of credits with other automakers is going to change, right? Because eventually they're all going to be producing lots of electric cars. I mean, Volkswagen already said we're moving 100% electric by a certain date, right? After they had their diesel scandal. And so they're all going to meet their carbon credit quotas eventually, or come very close to meeting their carbon credit quotas. So what that means is Tesla's going to need to find other ways of making money. Yeah, It needs to be able to sell more cars and more solar panels. Right, so expanding the, the way that people can pay for cars is critical for Tesla to stay afloat financially, right? Uh, and because and it's no guarantee they're going to be the number one electric car producer in five years. It could be GM. It could be. It could be. It could be Ford. It could be. It could be uh, Nissan. It could be any number of these. It could be VW, for all we know. So, and they're not necessarily going to have the most competitive pricing on vehicles either. There's no way. I mean Tesla's position now—they're number one in electric because they are—but that's that they they can't—they're not necessarily going to be able to scale like companies that are ten times their size. So people want to have to have avenues to spend their Bitcoin or Dogecoin or Ethereum or whatever, right? I mean, you have if you have a yeah. hundred thousand, if you have three hundred thousand dollars in Bitcoin, what the hell are you going to spend it on, right? <laughs> so. I mean, unless you're, 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 you're trying to sell drugs or, or, or weapons or something or something that's illicit, which is why you have to use this type of currency, uh, you're not going to go into your local drugstore or you're not going to go to McDonald's and, and, and with, with, with your iPhone and, and pay, and pay you know, a fractional Bitcoin an Apple Pay to get a Big Mac, right? So being the, the, a car manufacturer for cryptocurrency millionaires is going to give them an edge, potentially a lifeline in staying profitable. Right. They're going to be they're the they're going to be the crypto car company, essentially.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, I think I checked before we started recording today and Bitcoin was at like forty four thousand, almost forty five thousand dollars, which has gone down a little bit since Tesla announced this, you know, massive purchase. So um, maybe they're viewing it as an investment, hoping that Bitcoin goes up, but it's already (laughs) skyrocketed as it is. Right. It's forty five thousand dollars per coin. That is. Yes. Insane. Just the amount of money tied up into it.
1: You would think that the banks would be jumping into this, right? But what's happening is like, you know, big, large investment banks like UBS, United Bank of Switzerland, okay? They said it like like last week. And then they also had a lot of battle over the summer. They're saying that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies don't have any intrinsic value, okay? They're saying sure. it's not legal tender. The whole thing could come crashing down at any moment. And it's an underworld, scummy sort of thing. They don't want anything <laughs> to do with it. They don't want, and they've been telling their clients, don't diversify with currency with cryptocurrency and stay the hell away from it. Um, the other thing that they pointed out very recently is that the nature of Bitcoin always has a fixed supply, meaning that the currency supply of Bitcoin, right, cannot be restricted, right, as a nation state would do. If the demand for a currency goes down, like as with real money, right, so like the United States decides there shouldn't be X number of dollars in the ecosystem, it pulls them right so there so you have you know this concept of what we have in, in economics of the, the m1 m2 where you know you have a certain amount of cash is in the system versus a certain other types of money you know there and when we say other types of money we're talking about securities and loans and things like that sure. things that are not necessarily hard cash right that are in the system so they're saying that that not, not being able to restrict the, the 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 flow of a bitcoin or or to be able to restrict the, the overall supply Right. I mean, if there's 18, if there's 18 million Bitcoins out in circulation, you can't suddenly have 12 million Bitcoins out in circulation. Yeah, you can't because hold you want. 6,
0: million, set six million aside and just, you know, to to manipulate yeah. the market, so to speak.
1: Right. So that's a serious flaw. It could eventually cause the whole thing to collapse. Now, for now, Tesla's on the fringe. And if we see lots of yeah. companies accept Bitcoin and other cryptos as a method of payment, it, it's effectively on its own. Right now, as as a big company, right?
0: It'll be interesting to see because. Tesla is a public company. So they had the reason this came about is they had to include it in their SEC filings that they made this purchase. So it'll be interesting to see as more earnings are reported and more filings come out, how many other companies follow Tesla. You know, that's something to watch for over the coming weeks and months. Um, and then it's also, I'm very curious, SpaceX is a private company, right? How they much are. do they own? Uh, how much do they own? You know, Tesla's, you know, Musk is, you know, Dabbling with all of his companies here, not just Tesla. So um, there's a lot of questions still to be answered. But I think you did a pretty outstanding job today, uh, Perlo. You did did really good making this very very complicated topic and concept. yeah. And um, and,
1: I, and I I oversimplified it. So if if we have crypto and Bitcoin, uh, crypto and and uh, and and um, you know, uh, if we if we blockchain. got if. if if we, yeah, every my my brain is hurt just, just discussing this. If we got <laughs> crypto fair, and blockchain wonks, I work with a whole bunch of crypto and blockchain. Justin. I'm gonna dig it, ding on want I got if I got anything seriously wrong here, but it, it's it's you know I I think that this is a an interesting topic. Certain, certainly, blockchain I think has tremendous potential, right? So I don't think we should be mixing. We should. If anybody asks, says that you know talks about blockchain in a negative way, they're they're really thinking about cryptocurrency. Yeah. You do have all these examples to talk about. Well, you know, it could be used for vax, you know, for vax tracing. It's it, you know, if if you go to the seafood restaurant, there's a good chance that those scallops that you ate for dinner were traced through uh, a <laughs> blockchain-based system. So, or, or when you're buying, or when you're buying, you know, spinach at the supermarket, you know, and and uh, you know your your supermarket chain, you know might've been using that system to trace where that spinach came from, where in Mexico it yeah. was, you know, so, um, it's a, it's a technology that is increasing in usage. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more over the next five or five or 10 years, uh, more regulated, more, more conventional industries using it for different sorts of things. Um, but like I said, uh, you know, cryptocurrency, I don't have it as part of my portfolio. I don't know. Maybe I could, I'll throw a computer at it just to play games with it. But you know, I. I, I I I I still think it's in the realm of the weird, you know?
0: Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> y- yeah. You know? So uh, here's my story. Uh in college I took a programming class on how to make iPhone apps. Um this was actually after college. I, I just took it randomly one summer right. because I wanted to get my toes wet and kind of understand the basic approach to making iPhone apps. And so we had a lab uh, set up where we got partnered with someone and that was our developer partner for the summer. And we had to make an app and, and what else. But so talking with my lab partner one day, he, he logs on and he checks something and he says, you know, I have, I don't remember, it was like 24 Bitcoins or something like that. And he'd been mining Bitcoins for a while at that point at his house. Oh, he had wow. like four computers set up mining Bitcoins. And so we had this long talk about Bitcoin and I left that conversation thinking he he was trying to convince me to mine Bitcoin. Um, And this was back when they were worth just a few bucks. They weren't worth much at all. And so I walked away thinking there's no way that thing's going to take off. He's wasting a lot because he was losing money in electricity at that point. But he was convinced in the future it would pay off. And um, (laughs) a year ago, I saw him on the local news as a multimillionaire. Uh, kid in his 20s who had made all of his money, he made his fortune on Bitcoin and was going around wow. doing all these nerdy presentations about it and stuff. So um, he was right. I was wrong. And, you know, I'm going to dabble for a little bit just to see if something else takes off. So that's, sure. that's my final thought is this is stuff is fascinating to me. I need to learn a lot more about it. I definitely learned a lot more today from you, Jason, and I appreciate that. So thank you. Uh, no um, problem. So I'm Jason Cipriani.
1: And I'm Jason Perlow.
0: And this is Jason Squared. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com.